Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am in studio, back in studio with G.A. Wiley, Armani Buckets, and the amazing Tim Lee. How are we doing, G.A.? How are you, my friend? Everybody happy 420. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. There we go. There just we just go. putting that out there before uh, we, we start. Yeah. Is that something you celebrate, Arash? I, I don't really know. I uh, had a b- bad incident one time. and uh, <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, I, I, I know it, not only is it common, it's, it's very accepted. You know, teams are accepting CBD sponsorships. Uh, Tim Lee, is this a is this a holiday that you respect and take part in? No, I'm pretty straight edge. There you go. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> you and CM Punk, I like that. <laughs> um, all right, we have to start here, right? Because uh, you know, I was on a high after the local teams, uh, and again, I include all of them: the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings, beginning their postseason on the road, two road games. And again, the the hope is when you begin the postseason on the road, uh, you come home with a split. However, when you win game one, the way all three of those teams did, you want to get greedy. You want to uh, kind of say, hey, like, let's let's uh, go for a, a 2-0 lead, coming back home for two. All three local teams missed out on that opportunity last night. That was the Lakers. That was the Kings. And the night before that, that was the Clippers. Uh, let's obviously begin with the Lakers. No John Moran to start this game. And the worry there was, would they... Um, take the pressure off would they not do what they would you would want them to do and by the way this wasn't about the lakers you know when the grizzlies take a 20 point lead the way that they did and close out the way that they did kudos to them you know the concern now is okay i think a lot of people thought differently maybe about this series after game one when the lakers won by 16 for the grizzlies to find a way not only to win uh, but to win rather convincingly armani buckets i'll start with you um how did you, you know, view the series after game one and for the Grizzlies to come out and effectively, again, controlling the game, 20-point lead, they win by 10 without Ja. How does this change the way you view this playoff series? It really felt like the Lakers turned a corner there in game one. I didn't think that the, the Reeves stuff was, you know, a one-time anomaly. He's been doing this for the past 15, 20, 25 games. Hachimura, it felt like it may be a one-game thing, but we know that confidence is such an amazing thing in a player and he did it again last night so I don't think that was a one game thing the disappointing thing was the steps back in terms of effort and just rebounding and the turnovers and the inconsistency with certain guys like D'Angelo Russell Anthony Davis with what was he 4 for 14 and you're expecting at this point you're expecting you just 
throw the ball up and he's going to get 25 and 10. And it's just, why does he still have these performances? Why is he still able to be stopped? And at halftime, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Charles Barkley was insinuating that there are certain games that the Lakers come out, they see the Lakers on their jersey, and they think that that's going to be enough to intimidate the other team to kind of roll over. Memphis is a great home team, the best home team in the league. They've been a great team without John Morant for two years now. They should have known that, yes, this is a beautiful opportunity to go up 2-0, but it wasn't just going to be handed to them, and it felt like they thought it was going to be handed to them. And now Morant could come back Saturday, and all of a sudden, if you lose that game, now you're you're in the doghouse. You're in the hole. Yeah. I mean, I partially beg to differ just because Darvin Ham was in the huddle, and I don't know if you heard him when he was mic'd up during the game. He said, it's not best of one, it's best of four. And he wanted to come out and win that game. He wanted, you know, he was with that mindset of like, we're winning this game with they don't have jaw, they don't have, you know, certain certain players. But at the same time, Memphis showed up. Yeah. Like they showed up uh, without their and, and to your point, um, you know, they they are better without Morant, but this is the playoffs, right? I think we said this. So they're not better without Moran, but they've showed that they can win without him, right? And I I think you bring up a good point, but the the, the lackadaisical effort for a team that's, again, this is still a 2-7 matchup. Again, the Lakers are not a normal number 7 seed. But, I mean, we're in the playoffs. I mean, if you're still taking the court and you're thinking we're going to win because we're the the Lakers, uh, the Grizzlies are what they were this season at home because as a team, not just with Ja, they're a very good team. And by the way, look at those Las Vegas odds. I know a lot of times we get confused, like, you know, how is Phoenix that much of a favorite? Or how is how are the Grizzlies without Mar- Like, they know. And so, uh, Tim Lee, perfect transition to you, my friend. I mean, listen, I, you, you of all the people that we talk to, never get too high, too low because of one game, one play. Um, how did you view this series following game one and how do you view it now yeah i think uh my opinions on it are kind of similar to when i entered into it i thought the lakers had a great chance to, to at least put up some noise i mean you have two of the best players of all time on your team it's really difficult not to do that but i mean memphis if they have their players on their role their, their role players playing at a high confidence it's really hard to stop them yeah xavier tillman showed exactly why he has been a starter for the last 40 games in the nba season so i mean this is a team that is going to operate at a high confidence no matter what i think dylan brooks prevents them from ever feeling bad about themselves. Yeah. And you, when, when you have somebody like that, it's really difficult. Those are like the intangible things that you don't get to see in the box score, right? Like if he's like raw, raw on your team and he's just telling you that like, what, why are we even like, having trouble facing with the Lakers? Then they're going to play up to that standard. So I, I, I was more pleasantly surprised game one. So I'm going to kind of like fixate more towards that. Uh, really surprised. They even took one on the road. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Rio Hachimura continues to show that he might not be a fluke, like Armand said, but I'm, I'm just very pleasantly <laughs> Shots surprised. Fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, because Armani yeah. Buckets thought he wouldn't be in the league in a couple years. And I, think, <laughs> I mean, you know. that still could be the case. Well, that still well, could we be the know. case. We don't know. Right. But, but uh, I mean, Reeves' development, um, translating as a playoff player, has really shown brightly. I knew, I mean, obviously, in the regular season, what a pleasant surprise, but. The way he kind of like he shook off LeBron multiple times when he was the primary ball handler and made him yeah. an off-ball player. I mean, these are things that you don't just develop in the regular season. He just kind of has that it factor that you yeah. want in a playoff player. So 
Yeah, pleasantly surprised. So, okay, so now the series reverts back. But by the way, and I'm assuming, I know a lot of Clipper fans don't like the scheduling format in the sense that they will have played four games before. I think this series plays three. Now, I mean, and I don't know if the league factored this, factored this in. I'm assuming that they did. The Grizzlies are not a West team. They are in the Western Conference, but the travel is such that I think they've given them these gaps. Now, if this series extends beyond four, which it will, then you get back to what you normally do schedule-wise. Okay, so now we're reverse back to Los Angeles. Two games here. Um, Listen, they have to, once again, at least find a split because what you don't want to have happen is a situation where and again, I'm, I'm stating the uh, clearly obvious here. You know, if you drop two at home, Grizzlies can close this out in five. And we've seen this before where a team comes out feeling really good about themselves. They find a way to win game one. And then it's like, oh, like that's why this is the number two seed. And this is why this is the number seven seed. Um, how do you think this? Uh, listen. Me personally, I think they get the split. I've always said this was a seven-game series. My pre-series prediction was Grizzlies in seven, mainly because they're a very good team at home, and they are a very good team, capital T. I mean, again, I think that they need John Moran if they want to have a long run in the postseason. I'm not surprised that despite not having Ja, uh, they found a way to win. So did they need Ja? Uh, I do think the Lakers get the split here. I think it's going seven. Again, I'm, I hope I'm wrong in my Grizzlies in seven pick. How do things turn out here? I think, well, first of all, are we assuming that Morant plays game three? I think, listen, I think at the very least, he's back in this series. And I don't know to what extent. Now, the gaps in games totally obviously helps them here, right? And so I think that there's I've, there's a chance. The fact that he was a game-time decision helps. It's not like he's been ruled out. So game-time decision did not play in Game 2. I wouldn't be shocked if he played in Game 3. He will at least be back by Game 4. If you're telling me that Morant is not playing in Game 3, I don't think they can score enough on the road to beat the Lakers. No. And if they go down 2-1, to one, then I think the Lakers got it. If you're telling me Morant does play in Game 3, I think the Grizzlies end up getting that split, and I think that they win the series. So okay. I'm going to leave that on that caveat, if yeah. Morant plays Game 3. Yeah, but if he plays Game 4, wouldn't that just be kind of the same thing, though? I feel like he'll be rusty. Rusty? I don't know. He's like 23. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get what Armand is saying because get, you, okay. you get you have all that rest and stuff, and it's also it's the playoffs versus a regular season game. Yeah. It's two totally different dynamics. So I, I can see that. I can see him being a little rusty maybe if he comes back just for game four, like for game four. It, yeah. It also takes a little bit to settle into a road environment in sure. the playoffs. Like you're, and LA is not a typical road environment. That no. crowd is going to be crazy. And I feel like, you, you know, if he plays game three, even if they lose, you kind of get some of those jitters out of your system. You can come back a little bit more relaxed in a game four, but I don't know. I, I, I do think that they definitely need Morant to win this series. I, I think there's, that's, no, there's yeah. no doubt about that. I mean, they have found a way to win games in the regular season without jaw. I think in, in the course of a seven game series, and by the way, with, and we'll touch on the Clippers in a bit. When, when a team goes on the road to win game one, that really you, you get, kind of excited. Everyone's like, oh, wait, the, the Clippers are going to find a way to win. 
listen, I think in both of these series, I was expecting two great series, and I was expecting two seven-game series. And in both of those seven-game series, I went to the home team because generally speaking, the home team, certainly with the Grizzlies and a superstar player, KD. Um, so with this Lakers-Grizzlies series, I think it's a seven-game series. I'm fascinated by some of the subplots we're seeing. Um Let's touch on that because listen, LeBron James knows he's not young, but you don't want to. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks said that right. He said he's an old man. Yep. I don't respect. What do you say? I don't respect anyone who doesn't drop forty on me like LeBron's never done that in his life. Again, not against Brooks, but still, I mean, look at you know, go on Google, my friend. Um, Clearly, he, he's doing this because he wants LeBron. Now, LeBron's a very cerebral player. I don't think he's going to play into it. I do think his teammates, and I think that not that if you're the Lakers, you don't need anything to motivate you, but watching a player like that, and by the way, that's why the Grizzlies, and it was the Suns for a little while, I think the Grizzlies are the most hated team around the league because it's like, who the heck are you guys? Uh, your thoughts on what he said? Yeah, Dylan Brooks. I, I think it's very strategic. We've talked about this. I mean, maybe I'm giving Dylan Brooks too much credit here but we've talked about this with with Brandon many times where and Grant where it's like when LeBron starts to kind of get ISO heavy and ISO mode and try to play hero ball that's when the offense kind of falls apart whereas game one is what you want to see with the Lakers where they have the balance and Hachimura steps up Reeves steps up LeBron doesn't have to do as much so I feel like Brooks is trying to poke at him to go a little bit more isolation to shoot a little bit more to kind of freeze the other guys out and then if he beats them then he beats them but I think the Grizzlies understand that the strategy to beat the Lakers is to make LeBron and AD trying to play hero ball and then the other guys kind of freeze themselves out as we saw with D'Angelo Russell going two for 11 that and by the way I know that's another subplot that that happened as well in the post oh yeah I mean this is why I love the postseason it's not like he's going to make a comment like that and then you look at the calendar like when's the next time they play they're going to play Again, a seven-game series, so they're going to take the court again Saturday night. Again, heck of a heck of a, a gap there. But again, Saturday, Crypto.com Arena will be the center of the basketball world. Twelve noon, Clippers Suns game four, and then you have uh, amazingly, and I know Clipper fans don't like this game three of the series between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I know the Clippers fans are saying that they didn't they didn't like it at the beginning. This is to their advantage now. I How? Think. Because <laughs> Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have to play 45 minutes a night, and then they get one night of rest. The Suns have no bench. So the fact that you have to play all those heavy minutes, if the Suns want to win this series, those guys are going to have to play heavy minutes, and now they have no rest to, to recover. And Durant is 35 years old. I feel like that really does benefit the Clippers at this point. But I, I understand the frustration as well. Absolutely not. <laughs> at, least, at least for the first game. For the, Maybe for the second game, you're totally right. Right, because now they're back in their beds, they're in their homes, they're with their families, et cetera, they're with their barber, whatever. But the first for the first day, they're still not getting rest either. They're still coming off of probably the same same schedule. Are they not? Yeah. Yeah, right? So like they're still they're gonna be behind as well. They're gonna be sluggish, they're gonna be tired, they're gonna be, you know, coming off and coming home 
just as tired as the, these guys are if they have the same schedule. And by the way, I, I know uh, folks will be hearing this uh, right before or during game uh, one. What is the league uh, thinking scheduling two playoff games at the same time? And again, the star power of Kawhi versus KD is on NBA TV. Again, locally, you can watch the game as you always have. Oh, that but killed it, me. But NBA TV going head-to-head with another playoff game? It's the Clippers, the Suns in Los Angeles, KD, Kawhi. I mean, what the heck is the league thinking there? Unfortunately, it has to do with the, well, not unfortunately, it has to do with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay. So the scheduling issues with the NHL, but it, it sucks. And by the way, this isn't the worst one. This is a really bad one where you want to be able to watch those Both. games separately. Go to next Friday if you can. So All that right, would be yeah. April 28th. Oh, it's worse. It's a lot worse. It's worse. And you'll see why, why is the NBA the doing things? Is it to accommodate uh, the NHL? The, the NHL, the, like the oh, listen, obviously, a lot of those um, teams work together. Now, the Kings and the Clippers and the Lakers share the same home. So, when you looked at the schedule, you knew when the Kings' home games were because, again, uh, you know. You know, it was Saturday was a 12 p.m. Clippers game, 7 p.m. Lakers game, Sunday's the Kings game, Monday's the Lakers game. But when you are a basketball fan and two of the most intriguing series are the Kings and the Warriors. So that tips off at seven o'clock. It's happening now if you're listening in Los Angeles and then seven. 30, just 30 minutes after that on NBA TV, which a lot of people don't have, it's uh, Clipper Suns. Makes so, no sense. So yeah. next Friday would be Kings Warriors Game 6, which I we'll think, see. I think know, we'll see if it happens. Hopefully we have it, yeah. And then Grizzlies Lakers Game 6, which I think we think is going to happen. And then you also have Knicks Cavaliers on the same night. Now the issue that I have with this is you have three amazing games. Lakers and Warriors would be at the same time. And on Saturday... You have Game 7s, which are probably not even going to occur. Nuggets-Timberwolves is not going to happen. Celtics-Hawks is not going to happen. Clippers-Suns is on Saturday, which could happen. But can we maybe flex one of those games on Friday? I don't know if that's even possible. 76ers-Nets. Not anymore. But yeah, they they could have. I mean, when they were putting the schedule together, they could have. so, uh... So I always say it's not a problem unless you don't have a solution. So... Is flexing the schedule your solution then? Wait a minute. So my problem is not the games on the same day because you're they would never schedule two game sevens at the same time. So what you're gonna what what would happen is the game sevens. The reason we don't know the times is they will make sure that every one of those gets in their own time slot. My issue, and I think we we all think the same, is that you're scheduling two games at effectively the same time. Yeah, that's game sixes would be at the same game time. Game sixes would so be at the same that time. Friday, that's a would, huge problem. Yeah. So now you're that's an elimination game. Exactly. Two elimination games at the same time, I think is crazy. I and mean, when you get to the postseason, you can spread these games out enough. Especially when the next day could have zero games. It's like, oh my God, we're gonna have to pick between Warriors yeah. Kings or Lakers Grizzlies. <laughs> It, that that doesn't make any sense. I mean, listen, if you're, I think there's a um, hierarchy with the league. And the and hockey, you know, unfortunately has to kind of take a back seat. Like, if you're the NBA, I'm not scheduling these games because there's a, um, you know, the Vancouver, I don't even know Vancouver's. You know, the, the, uh, the, Ed, the Edmonton Oilers and Kings are, are playing the games. So I'm not doing that. Now, where, where they do have to work with each other, with, with crypto, for example, the Kings have to kind of work with the Clippers and the Lakers and make sure that they have their home court. But um, 
that, that that is nuts. I mean, for a night like this where you have two of the more intriguing matchups, again, there's some of these playoff series that we, we don't really care about. Real quick, because we only have two more minutes. Draymond's suspension. Um, I, I uh, talked to the commissioner real quickly. He was in Los Angeles for a uh, conference. The issue with what happened with uh, Draymond is like this happened right in front of the commissioner. And not only did he do what he did, we can kind of talk about that. What happened like after that? There's you know, talk, you know, really bragging to the crowd. You were, you felt like you were watching Raw or SmackDown or something <laughs> like that. Tim Lee, did you have a problem? Again, I would not have suspended him. I think him being ejected from that game at that moment was enough. You find him, you move on. We'll see what happens tonight. But if they fall down uh, in that series, 3-0, geez, Louise. I mean, he's done similar things like hitting people uh, in 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 the in the lows. Yeah. So he's lost a game because of that before too That's in the, the playoffs too. So like this isn't this isn't like a non-repeat offender. The guy That's, just keeps, that was the other thing. The, the, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. So if he's being suspended, it's because of his reputation, right? Yeah. And I, I think I think that was the biggest. You know, when the league looked at it and they said, if if we let this slide, if we let, and again, you know. Did Sabonis grab his leg? Yes, which he did. Which, which he did. He did. Um, but you know, how do you respond to that? He <laughs> stomped on the player, um, and then following that, there was you know, not that there has to be re- remorse in that moment, but gesturing to the crowd and like, yeah, listen, there was this feeling like that's Draymond. Well, Dr- Draymond can be Draymond without stomping someone. It was almost like watching Stone Cold CT Boston back in the day. So can't have that happen. He's out for tonight. We'll see what happens in that series. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? I'm good. How y'all doing? Nick is living the dream. Nick is always driving somewhere. Very exciting. Um, speaking Not of like you, man. Not like you. Well, well, listen, speaking of driving and relocating and moving, we, we have to start here because we, there was so much to talk about in the first segment. We, we forgot to bring this up. A big day in Las Vegas, a day that we kind of thought would happen at some point. The Oakland Athletics are making it official. They are focused on Las Vegas. They have purchased a uh, piece of land or they are in agreement to buy a 
piece of land to build a $1.5 billion, 30,000 seat ballpark uh, that would be a mile north of Allegiant Stadium. Uh, they would build a pedestrian bridge that would effectively connect the Strip and T-Mobile to the to the stadium, Nick. We we kind of saw this coming. We've covered various team relocations. We 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 can see it from a mile away. Your thoughts on the Oakland A's coming to Las Vegas? Well, I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move not only for the the new Las Vegas A's, but I think it's a great move for Major League Baseball. I think it's an opportunity for Major League Baseball to grow in a different market. Um, I think also too. It, the reason why they're moving, we've been hearing about this for the last year and a half. I know, I'm sure you have, Arash. I know I yeah. have. Um, it's just finally been made official. When we spoke with the commissioner during the winter meetings, there was talk, there was always, there, the talks had increased about, you know, the commissioner making a formal announcement about it, or probably around the All-Star break, at least close to the All-Star break, um, regarding the, the, the relocation of the Las Vegas A's from Oakland. And you can only blame. It's unfortunate for the fans of Oakland. I think Oakland has had a great fan base over the course of decades. I mean, we we think about, you know, Ricky Henderson. You think about uh, Mark McGuire, Raleigh Fingers, those guys that have been in those Oakland A's uniforms, you know, even Reggie Jackson. Um, you know, you think about those Oakland A uniforms. And so um, it's greedy politicians in Oakland, unfortunately, that, 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 that pretty much dropped the, the fly ball in center field, so to speak. Um, is the reason why they're moving to, to Las Vegas, which is a better growing metropolis for sports. And I think it's going to be great when you have teams like the Yankees come to town, when the Dodgers come to town, uh, when the Philadelphia Phillies come to town, when they do interleague play, uh, when Bryce Harper, who's from Las Vegas, gets a chance to come back home and play. Um, you know, and, and a few other teams that are in Major League Baseball. So I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a fresh start for the, the A's organization. Um and I think that they have an opportunity to really grow that fan base. And it's Vegas. I mean, who doesn't want to come to Vegas and say, you know what? It's, it's a Sunday afternoon. We're here. Let's go check out the A's game against, you know, whomever. Um, so I think it's going to be – it could be very lucrative, but I think Major League Baseball needs to also make sure that they, they, they market and heavily promote this team in Vegas um, to ensure that the people around there that, hey, that you guys do have a professional baseball team there, um, especially with the NBA just creeping around the corner uh, for their team to be there in the next several years. Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about it is that uh, you, you need that connection to the Strip because, uh, you know, you, you're going to have a, a lot of these games on a weekday, weekday afternoon sometimes as well. Uh, and again, we, we, we know it's going to be sold out when it's the Yankees or the Dodgers or some team like that. But, um, yeah, it, this is this is great for Vegas, great for Major League Baseball as well. Uh, Nick, transitioning over to the local teams again, all three local teams in Los Angeles – the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings um, began their playoff series on the road. And, and generally speaking, when that happens, you hope for the split. But all three won game one, so we kind of thought maybe they can get greedy and win game two. All three lost game two. Of those three, Nick, which one has the best chance to advance to round two? I'd have to say, well, I would say the Los Angeles Kings. I think the Kings, they're getting guys back. I think the Kings are... This is more of a, to me, a more of a mental series because they, they faced Edmonton last year. Obviously, the Kings were, were light because they had injury. Um, but if they, if they continue to play like they played in game one in this series, I think they can win the series and move on 
uh, to possibly, I believe, is face Colorado. Um, and that's going to be a very tough series for them uh, because the, 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 the physicality, the speed of Colorado um, is really going to be mad. It's really going to be real, real, real quick, Nick, though, that they would play Las Vegas. So that would be a fun series for us. It would be a, Kings, yeah, Kings, Vegas. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I was looking, you know, I was looking at the other matchup. My fault. Um, yeah, the Vegas, Vegas, I'm not concerned about though. The Knights, yeah. I'm not really concerned about. I think that the, the Kings have to really buckle down, play some defense. Uh, make sure they have the, on the scoring opportunities, the shots on goal, and the scoring opportunities they capitalize on. And I think they'll be fine. But first and foremost, we got to focus on Edmonton. And I think Edmonton, um, they're going to have to really buckle down like, like they did in game one for game three, coming back home to Los Angeles for games three and four. Uh, I think as far as the Lakers are concerned, I think the Lakers have a golden opportunity uh, to win this series if they can continue to do what they did in game one, which was, um, not come out flat, execute early and often, um, and really pretty much control the tempo of the game. Um, not allow, um, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies like they did in game two to really come out and set a defensive tone early um, and really just get after it. I mean, you saw guys that, that even in John Morant's presence, because I thought, I said, well, since, since, since John Morant isn't playing, hey, man, the Lakers got a golden opportunity to go up 2-0 come back home to Los Angeles and possibly if not get a sweep, at least win the, win the series in five. Um, but, the, but the Memphis Grizzlies had other other options and they had other ideas and they really buckled down on defense and they, they knocked down key shots the way they need to got, get down uh, in the perimeter as well as points in the paint. They were dominating the points in the paint at one point, um, especially in that first half. And I think that was a contributing factor to their victory. Um, the Clippers... You know, if Phoenix figures it out, uh, you know, tonight in game three, I don't see the Clippers advancing past the first round, especially without Paul George. I mean, you, you get the, the, the Suns really are going to have to turn it on. I mean, we saw what, what they could do with Devin Booker, but I think the X factor in that series for the Suns is the health and the rest of Chris Paul. I think if Monty, if Monty Williams can get Chris Paul uh, less minutes, but him be more effective in those minutes, I think that's going to play to the Suns' advantage. Um, but the Lakers, I mean, game three is going to be off the hook because Dylan Arash. We lost you for a second. What, 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 what did you say, Pete, from the start? I'm sorry. Where'd you lose me? When you said my name and I perked up and I got excited and then you, you, you no, went out. Arash. I said Arash, G.A. Armand. Have we seen a better heel? No, no, we have not. We got to give it to Tim. Yeah, Tim. Who who would you compare Dylan Brooks? Yeah, well, listen, he dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I think he's he's embraced heel. You know, height of heel, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, it's perfect. You, you, you top a bigger game than you can play. That's Dylan Brooks in yeah. a nutshell, right? So I think every team needs a guy like that if you don't feel like your quality of play matches. You <laughs> yeah, got to have yeah. somebody who's going to talk the game. So <laughs> He straight up called him an old man. <laughs> I don't talk to He said, I don't talk to, I don't talk to old. He's an old man. I'm like, dude, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the right? smoke. Like, Dylan wants all the smoke. And the funny yeah. thing about it is, we used to think Draymond was the heel. Now, <laughs> especially what we saw in game two. No, 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 no. 
Dylan Brooks said, I am the ultimate hero. It is Dylan freaking Brooks. It ain't Seth freaking Rollins. It's Dylan freaking Brooks. That's who he is. You brought up Draymond, Nick. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this Warriors-King series? Down 2-0. Are you still, you know, optimistic about Golden State's chances in this series? I think Golden State still has a chance with two games at home, but I think also, too, this can ignite a fire under the Golden State Warriors with Draymond being out. I mean, they've had Draymond out in key opportunities before. Last year, we saw him, uh, you know, in the playoffs against the Memphis Grizzlies. Before that, in 2016, obviously, he was kicked out of a game uh, and served a suspension in a game that pretty much changed the dynamic in the finals uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron. But I think this year, I don't think they're concerned as much because it is a first-round series. I think it can ignite it, and Draymond's going to have to really ignite his guys. I think you're going to have to have a heavy dose of Steph Curry. Klay Thompson's going to have to start shooting the ball much better, especially from the three-point line. I think you're going to have to have a heavy dose of Jordan Poole and uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, especially offensively and defensively from Andrew Wiggins. And I think Kayvon Looney, I think all the guys are going to have to really step up. It's going to have to be all hands on deck. Uh, if you're going to get back into this series, because this is a very pivotal and crucial game three for the Golden State Warriors. You don't want to, I mean, the Sacramento Kings are coming with all the confidence, all the swag. They have earned that right because they have been the top four team in the West pretty much the majority of the season. They've got, they've pretty much set the tone in this series. They've controlled this series in the first two games. Um, so you're going to have to really come out all hands on deck. And the bench is going to definitely have to come out, come off with some type of enthusiasm um, and some type of juice where they're going to be able to, to also when those guys are sitting on the on the bench the second unit is really going to come out and hold hold its own until you get the rotations back in 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 order as far as the starters are concerned so i think it is it's a it's a pivotal game three and a pivotal game four uh for the golden state warriors to get back in this series can they get back in this series absolutely they can but they're going to have to have better shot selection they're going to have to really play defense uh, uh, you know, capitalize on the turnovers that Sacramento may make uh, in this game and make sure that they, they, they uh, handle their business effectively. And if they can do that, we might see a tie series by the time game five rolls around back in Sacramento. Uh, man, Nick, I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that the, the Warriors can come back. I'm a little bit more disagreeing with you in the fact that how do you have such negative love for the clip show? <laughs> I just I I, I have, still, you, have you have you been drinking? G? <laughs> no, thirty one days sober, man. Thirty one <laughs> days sober. Legit thirty one days. Yeah, <laughs> I mean no. the way the the fact that they split the series was uh, was understandable. They they I I would have loved obviously to go two and zero in Phoenix, but that's just not a reality. Um, but you got one of the best players in the league right now in Kawhi Leonard. The best and player. The best player in the league. <laughs> I, I, I love that Tim said it. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying no, to no, doubt. No, don't, don't, don't start, Tim. Don't start. Don't start. I'm going to get you drug tested. Don't start. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> we, just, we just found out that he's straight edge, though, man. So, uh, you know, he, 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 that's true. <laughs> I, I just don't, I personally just don't see it. Yeah, everybody can have an off day and everybody can have an off an off night and obviously that's what happened to the Clippers in game two but I still can see this them winning this in six I know you think I'm smoking but like I'm not I swear I'm wondering where the lack of faith comes from I think it's more of a powdery substance but that's not <laughs> but we will say this much 
Kawhi Leonard in the last month or so has been the best offensive player in the game defensive. right now. No, not defensive. <laughs> he has not been the best defensive really player in offense. He has not been. Tim, prove to me, show me where he's been a better defensive player than an offensive player. I'll be Katie took zero shots, 12 that's minutes when he was on him, fourth game. quarter. That's one, that's one game. What do you yeah, do we're talking two, about man? games. What do, you, what do he do in game two, game, Tim? What do you do in game two? Look, he defended KD. KD still went one for six. And, 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 and what and, and what was the result? He didn't guard Booker. He guarded KD. So why would so why would you why would you not put your best defensive player on the best defensive on the best offensive guy who's actually lighting up the joint? Why would you not switch him off of KD and put him on Devin Booker, who Devin Booker has the hot hand? All night long, pretty much. Because then we would, we would be talking about KD being the guy who had the hot hand. No, you you no, can't no, switch no. off of both of them. They're both incredible. No, 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 not necessarily <laughs> so. Because here's the thing: if you put him on, why would you not? This is the problem we've had with Ty Lue when it came to when it came to rotations. And that's been the criticism of Ty Lue when it came to rotations because he's not paying attention to some of the rotations at times. Also, let's also look at the fact that he's been a more, as far as Kawhi Leonard is concerned, he's been a more effective scorer than he has been a defender for the remainder of the last month or so. So that's what I'm talking about in its entirety, not just one game. I'm talking about in its entirety. He's been a better offensive player than he has been defense. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's garbage as a defender. I'm saying he's been a better offensive player than he's been defensive. And when you don't have your second weapon, which is Paul George, who's actually been a thorn in the side of most teams when he has been playing and he has been healthy, that's not going to carry you over. Even though the, the, the Suns run about a six or seven man rotation, that's still been more effective because they, the Clippers have been down, even though they have the depth, but they still have not been played. They have not played like they've had depth because guys have been coming up shorter than Emmanuel Lewis at a urinal. So you can't sit up there and tell me that this Clippers team, without a healthy Paul George, who's not coming back for the foreseeable future, they're going to get past a Phoenix team who you know KD comes later, comes on later in series than he does early on. We've seen that when he was playing with the Golden State Warriors when they played the Clippers and they put Patrick Beverly on them. The first two games, KD was not the most effective player. The latter part of the series, KD reached over it and got in his bag and delivered an absolute no knockout offensively, and that's what KD does. But also, too, the X factor, as I said earlier, is going to be Chris Paul. The health of Chris Paul and the availability as far as him being uh, the opportunity for the vision aspect of it to be able to get guys open enough to create those shots and to create those opportunities. Um, those are going to be the things that the Clippers are going to have to really buckle down on, and I think it's going to be a, have to be a collaborative defensive effort from the Clippers if they're going to be able to slow down and be able to try to win this series in whether it's six or seven games against this Phoenix Suns junk or not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not just I'm not I'm not saying that the Clippers are trash. I'm not saying that the Clippers don't have a slight chance at winning the series. But when I look at the overall aspect of it, you have four guys that are top notch guys and, and you and, and these guys have really turned it on. You don't know which one you who's going to turn on any given night. It could be Chris Paul, it could be Devin Booker, it could be Kevin Durant. Pick your poison, but at the same time, don't don't get fooled by the fact that Kevin Durant is not not going to go off at some point in this series to be a, be the X factor in a, in a game or two. That's Kevin Durant. He's still one of the most prolific scorers in the in the league today, and that and there's a reason for that because he stepped up at the biggest moments when he needs to step up. Yeah, I mean, maybe game three he'll actually show up. I don't know, like two two games in a row of him have not. not have we not seen that from KD? 
I mean, where the hell, where the hell was Zubaki came to? You're right. Where the hell was Terrence Mann? Where the hell No, 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 no. You talking about you want to, you want to ride the clip, you want to lather these guys up, and you want to watch the Clippers. So let's talk about the Clippers. Where was Terrence Mann? Where was Zubak? When Zubak was absolutely incredible in Game One, he was getting offensive rebounds, he was creating second chance opportunities. That Zubak was definitely one of the factors and the reason why the Los Angeles Clippers were victorious and stole game one in Phoenix in a hostile environment. Russell Westbrook defensively was absolutely incredible as well. Where was that same intensity for game two? And they're going to have to come out with that same game time intensity that they had in game one for game three because it's a very pivotal game three. Usually 73, 74% of the time, whoever wins game three goes on to win the series. So this is going to be a very pivotal game three for the Los Angeles Clippers and a very good test for Tyron Luke as far as him having rotations and being able to coach them through situations that they, that they need to get themselves out of that they put themselves into when it comes to deficits and then when it comes to not lacking on defensive assignments. So this is going to be a very big test for Ty Lue tonight as well as the Los Angeles Clippers. Can they win game three and can they gain, can they gain some type of momentum to carry them into game four and throughout the series if they're going to have a chance at winning this series? Right now, I still say Phoenix at six. Um, but like I said, it's not to say that the Clippers are, are weak or they don't have a slight chance. It's to say that I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns team and I'm looking at, hey, man, I saw what they got from Devin Booker. I saw what they got from Chris Paul. And I saw, uh, don't think that Kevin Durant ain't going to have a breakout game at some point in this series. And that's going to be, be could, could be, I should say, the liftoff point that to put the Phoenix Suns team back where they need to be as far as getting getting wins and, and them guys having uh, you know a collective effort offensively. Uh, Tim, let me close out with you, you know, because again, the Clippers were not favored in this series. They still are not favored to win the series. If it goes seven, if the Suns win in seven, does that make you view this Clippers team differently going into the offseason? Do they have to make a lot of moves? Or do, again, you've liked this team. Do you make any changes if they get bounced in round one? Well, I mean, with like the impending free agency of their two stars, yeah. right? I mean, it's going to be difficult to see what the construction of this team is going to look like. My thing is like right now, I don't think they lose. I don't think they lose in seven. I actually think the Clippers have like a really good shot. If not, in my opinion, they're the favorites to win the series. Uh, Jihei mentioned it with optimism. I don't think it's blind optimism. I think like the first two games that we watched, there's obviously good things to see from there, right? Like you have 45 minutes from KD, you have 45 minutes from Booker, and they're doing their absolute best shooting 60% to beat the Clippers by 14. That's not exactly dominant in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't know. The team makeup is there. And if for some people that really want like Bob Covington to go play more minutes, then maybe we don't need Paul George as much. But I personally think like this is a formula that works. The only reason why it hasn't worked as well is because they've been hard luck. Like, bitten by injury right so yeah i don't know i mean if you can't fix that then you can't fix that no yeah i mean again the talent's there um but again you know if if if, if they if they get bounced in round one again without paul george miss out on the playoffs last year without Kawhi, without paul george it's like you know at, at what point do you do you do you try something else but again they're going for it. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.